0: Hey everybody, who listening has a lower back pain? How about SI joint pain, sciatica, hip pain? If you said yes, you are in the right place. This week, my guest, Dr. Ryan Peebles, is an expert in relieving lower back issues, even bulging discs, no matter how bad it is. He's got a PhD in physical therapy, but he's not recommending physical therapy, and you'll hear why. His thing is all about core balance training, And it was a great conversation, so good in fact, and so compelling, and his testimonials are so off the charts many, I signed up for his program. And I have an SI joint that is wonky sometimes, and let me just tell you, after mm, less than three weeks, I've been using it about three weeks, maybe into the week and a half, I really got relief. And I only do like 10 to 15 minutes a day, when I remember, just being honest here, anyway, if you're in this category of people that need relief from back pain with not a lot of work, you got to do something, but it's not onerous, doesn't require equipment, no gyms, no doctors, no needles, have a listen and um, share It could help somebody else too. This is the Rebellious Wellness Over 50 podcast for women over 50... Who have a lot of living yet to do, who want to enjoy the ride for as long as they can in good health and with a sense of humor. Maybe a little wine. I'm Gregory and Cox, and I believe it's time to bust the myth that aging equals decline in every area of life. Nonsense. I would say something else, but I'll keep it clean for now. Aging happens, but it doesn't have to ruin your life. You just need to get a little rebellious in your approach. Welcome back, everybody, to another fabulous episode of Rebellious Wellness Over 50. Today, my guest is Dr. Ryan Peebles, who's going to talk to you. Yes, you listening with the lower back pain, sitting at your desk or on the couch. We're going to talk about lower back pain and how you don't have to suffer with lower back pain anymore. And I know that sounds like a big promise. Even if you've been suffering for 20, 30 years, it's possible for this to get corrected. Dr. Peebles, thank you so much for being with us. Welcome.
1: Hello, Greg, and thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: I actually don't have lower back pain at the moment, but I can probably speak for a lot of people that they're really excited for you to be here. I want you, you have a doctorate in physical therapy and the way you came to that is, tell us your story.
1: Yeah, so it all started with my own experience with lower back pain and started for me at a really young age. It's a really big, long story, so I'll just give you the highlights. I started lifting weights at a really young age, about 13 years old. and but I got a personal trainer that was a bodybuilder, so I was lifting heavy weights like bodybuilding style and created some muscle imbalances and also lower back pain that started at age 16. And that went all the way through until basically I was in my late 20s and started experimenting with some different core connection type stuff. And I kind of made it my life's goal to solve my problem. And if I could do that, then I would try to help other people. So I found that the solution was in the core. And I think that would probably make sense to a lot of other people. And, you know, the problem that I had throughout all those years, like it was about 10 to 12 years of really struggling was... I didn't know how to engage my core. And so that's what the program that I created is focused on. And yeah, we help people of all ages, from teenagers all the way up into the 70s and 80s. People are definitely getting better. It doesn't matter, really. Age doesn't matter.
0: So when you say the word core, I'm imagining that others are imagining sit-ups, crunches six pack abs is that what you're talking about when you say core?
1: Well, in the nature of your question is exactly right, it's not that. It's much more than that and including that, but actually in a weird way w- with the goal of the program we're trying to target the deep core, the muscles that are that get no glory. They're hiding underneath the six pack abs. And those are the most important ones. And I don't really like to single out any one muscle because they're all designed to work together synergistically. And so to peg one muscle as the solution muscle, I don't really see it that way. But I do try and tell people that the six pack is the least important one of them all. And so we get into why that muscle is actually for movement. It's it's long and narrow and it's designed to move the body like in a sit up. But we've since learned that sit ups are not really good for your back. It's one of the main exercises that I believe cause my back problems. The research shows that it's not beneficial. They have taken it out of military boot camp training. They don't do sit-ups anymore. Oh, really? It's gotten that far into the government that they have removed it. They still do the push-ups and the pull-ups, but they don't do the sit-ups anymore.
0: Huh? I've actually heard that you can create not so much a pain problem, but uh, not the shape you want by doing sit-ups and crunches In the wrong way, like not having the right position, you can actually cause your stomach to look worse.
1: Yeah, the classic sit-up really heavily trains the hip flexors, which is one of the problem muscles that we are battling against. It's kind of like the antagonist in this. It's a war that we're fighting (laughs) in our body against this predictable pattern of muscle imbalances. And we're trying to bring the body towards balance. And the hip flexors are definitely one of the major antagonists in that
0: and is that because we our lifestyle we're conditioned to hyperextend or have tightness because of the way we are stressed or the way we sit what does that come from
1: i think like a lot of things there's multiple factors that go into it for example sitting would be a definite factor that it just puts our body in this flexed posture, this closed-up posture, and the hip flexors are in a shortened position when we're sitting, and that is something that really I don't think we can avoid. I mean, you and I are both sitting right now, right? So, but that's not the only factor. Actually, the one, mo- the most interesting thing that I feel like I've learned about the cause, the correlating causes of chronic back pain is is this whole concept of the protective mechanism. When the body feels like it's in danger or in pain or even at risk for damage, it will start to protect itself through the protective mechanism, which is ultimately a, a pattern of muscles tightening to close the body up. And and the ultimate goal is to get the body into the fetal position. That's the protective position. Now, this doesn't happen instantly into the full fetal position unless, for example, you had a severe pain, like you had a maybe you had appendicitis or something that will pull you into the fetal position. But most often and what we're experiencing is a low level of chronic stress, maybe related to finances or family or whatever. And so it's a low level of protection. It's this protection mode and it's a low level of muscle tension and we feel that in very specific muscles for example your upper traps a lot of people carry stress and their muscles on their their neck and shoulder muscles the hip flexors is another one and so all of these are pulling the, the body into the fetal position and stress is another thing that we can't really avoid either so it's it's learning to kind of Live with these stresses and then also counterbalancing them with healthy things that open up the body. Hmm. Uh, So we learn how to reopen the body and maintain the body in an open position and to do it in a healthy way that protects the spine.
0: Great description. Uh, You have talked about PT, physical therapy, not being the solution for most people because it doesn't get to the core, sorry for the pun, of the problem. Can you talk about that?
1: Yeah. So I like this question because you could probably imagine that this isn't a bias I have because I have decided to identify as a physical therapist. So naturally I would want my profession to be successful at everything, right? But And it is really successful at a lot of things, but in this current context with chronic pain or chronic back pain in particular, what people end up experiencing with PT is they go, they have their visit, say they have three times a week for four weeks, they get 12 visits and they get a little bit better through that process. But then they get discharged from therapy and the problem usually comes back, not in all cases, but for the people with chronic back problems, recurring back problems, it generally does come back. And the reason is not because physical therapy is not effective, it's because there's not enough crossover into the activities of their daily life. Mm -hmm. And so the exercises or the hands-on treatment become the solution with physical therapy they mm-hmm. are the solution. And so people will do the exercises and they'll feel better and they'll get them hands on manipulation and they'll feel better. But when they leave the, the session and they go into their lives and they're just moving around their day, the way that they're relating to their body and moving through life, doing the dishes, gardening, whatever, is the same that they were doing it before therapy. Mm-hmm. So they do the exercises and once they get off the table nothing else has changed and so i believe that the the long-term solution to chronic back pain is actually integrating this new relationship with your core and your body into all of the movements of your daily life and i think there is a bit of a gap there with physical therapy and the integration Mm
0: -hmm. of
1: you know i need to brush my teeth right how how should i do that I need to do the dishes and it kind of hurts when I have to bend forward over the sink a little bit. I have to do the yard work, right? So how do we do those things? And it really, if if I was going to simplify it, it comes down to the way that you connect or engage or relate to your core during those activities.
0: Mm-hmm. Can we talk about stretching I know some people rely on when our back is uncomfortable for one. I've I garden a lot. Sometimes I get back and I'm just like, oh, I just need to stretch. And I make things up that feel good, but am I actually doing anything good for me or is it not so good?
1: This is going to be my opinion. So stretching has its benefits and Also, it can keep you in the loop of the problem, like a kind of a positive feedback loop or negative feedback loop, however you want to look (laughs) at it. Uh, The benefits of stretching are that it takes the muscle into a lengthened position and that can allow a little bit more blood flow to get in there and oxygen and that feels good. And so that's why most people will feel immediate relief from the stretch. and. And then so because of our association with that it seems like a good thing but the body also has more of a delayed response with certain things like stretching and when you're when you're stretching repetitively the muscles can become what happens in a stretch if you really break it down is there's little micro tears that happen in the muscle. It's not really damaging if you stretch here and there, but if you do it repetitively, the muscle actually does become weaker. And so that's why certain types of stretching are better than others, like active stretching, like yoga is actually a healthier, healthier form of stretching. But if you're just passively bending forward and touching your toes and coming back up, that's not training the muscle in that new lengthened position. And when the muscle is constantly being brought into this vulnerable position, not learning how to actively work in that position. It does have a long-term effect and it can Mm -hmm. kind of break down the way that the muscle, the structure of the muscle and, and weaken it over time. Really stretching is not inherently bad. It's just should be combined with functional stuff in that lengthened position, that vulnerable position.
0: Is that the technical term? Functional stuff.
1: Functional (laughs) movement is the technical term. Yeah. Functional activities.
0: Okay, great. The relationship between for people that feel like, well, this is my new normal. I have back pain. I'm 60. I'm whatever. I fell off my horse. I have back pain. I'm 40. That's what's going to happen. But that also comes along with possibly depression anxiety from the pain, overprotective, you know, behaviors that lead to something else in the body. Would you say that relieving the pain, getting rid of the back pain forever would have a health impact outside of the situation in the back and the body, like an emotional well-being impact?
1: Yeah, I think that absolutely there's a correlation between depression, anxiety and chronic pain. I think it's interesting the way that you asked because you said that people that have accepted that this is the way they're going to be. And I think actually when somebody finally accepts the pain, it's actually better than someone who doesn't accept the pain and is stressed by the pain and has fear about the future. So part of actually sometimes when we're dealing with chronic pain here. This is definitely a psychological component and, and sometimes when people are highly stressed about their pain and, and they have that fear about what's going to happen in the future, it is putting that body in the sympathetic response and it's that positive feedback loop that I was talking about where it's promoting the protective position and sometimes I actually give advice to people. One of the things that you might want to try temporarily is to be okay with the pain. And it's a hard thing to do. But to answer your question directly, absolutely, there's a strong correlation. I often say that 90% of this back pain problem is mental. 90% of the solution, 90% of the problem, I mean, it's it's affecting our mind. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so, yeah, if you can get out of pain or even not get out of pain, but realize that we're human and that we all have pain to some degree, but just make progress. The the act of making progress, the students in our program that are just getting better have incredible changes in their mindset um, just from knowing that they can and seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. And that's some of the most exciting things for me to see, are when students realize that they can get better because they're seeing just a little bit of progress. And, you know, then you, if you can get better tomorrow than you were today, then you know, you can build off that and that gives you hope. And that is such a healthy mindset to have, to be hopeful. Mm -hmm. It's the opposite of the depression of feeling doomed for the rest of your life. So, that's the long answer. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm good with long answers. Huge improvements.
0: Yeah, and I I like what you you touched on the long view because and I'm all about the word possibility. You used hope. It's the same concept. What is possible for me for my life without this pain? You have a program that. We'll give people an answer to that question. Like you could feel a little bit better. What if you could feel a lot better? This program has, you have remarkable testimonials people. <laughs> you have to go to the page, the website, which is called core balance and read the testimonials. But Ryan, I want you to tell us about the program because it seems so simple, but it gets great results.
1: Yeah, it is really simple. You know, there's a lot to say and, If I were to kind of break it down into like a kind of a one-sentence thing, we teach people how to connect to their core in a way that they know that they're doing it right. And it's modeled after human development. So we're not creating, we're not reinventing the wheel here. We're modeling after how a baby and an infant developed their core. Hmm. Exactly. We're just mimicking that. And we're having adults do it of any age like i said and so the core connection feels good it feels right and then we teach people how to integrate that like i was talking about earlier into everything you do in your life so that your spine is better supported all the time not just for the 30 minutes that you were at the gym or at the pt clinic and so that's a long process and it's the the hardest part about it in the beginning is realizing that it's all on you you know this is online right it's an online course so nobody's coming to your house to heal you or to cure you and 100% of the responsibility is on you to watch the video get down on the floor do the five minute little routine and then wake up the next day and do the next lesson. And so it's a process that is built. It's just layers built on top of the previous day. And that goes on for 12 weeks.
0: Hmm. I'm glad you brought up the point that it's on you because in marketing, we're always told, don't tell people there's any work. Don't tell them that it's going to be hard. But I think The honest truth is more important here in this moment because many people who have chronic pain of any kind may have bought other programs, may have gone to work with trainers, may have taken some class that promised them things, and it quote unquote didn't work. Or did they not do the work? I mean, as a coach, I have to always ask that question Do you feel like you really did the work? And you also said it's only five minutes a day. Even if it was 15 minutes a day, there's really nothing.
1: Every lesson is five minutes long each day. And then we build up the routine to be 15 minutes long. That takes three lessons to get to that point. So, but each lesson is five minutes. And ultimately the the daily commitment is 15 minutes, usually down on the floor. We use the floor to learn core connection, which is what an infant and a baby does.
0: Speaking of, I have two grandsons. It's fascinating to me how babies figure out balance and how much it just happens, right? They sit. They're like just sitting. You can roll them around. They just stay all completely connected. It's really cool to watch. I like that you related your work to that stage of being a baby. They're flexible. They have fear, obviously, of falling and things, but not like we do. Like They don't seem to tense up with every single step or misstep, I should say, or falling over. doesn't really bother
1: them. They're incredibly trusting. I think they're the most trusting people in the world. And uh, <laughs> I have a two-month-old right now. <laughs> And you can learn so much from them, and I think the most interesting, the most fascinating thing to me is that by the age of four years old, my son will have perfect posture and movement, assuming Mm. that there's no developmental problems. He will have perfect posture and movement, and he will never have learned what a muscle is, or what their names Mm. are, or how to contract the muscle, or any of that stuff. Or He doesn't have to do any exercises at all, and he's going to have Perfect posture and movement. And by the age of four is when they are fully developed in that way. And mm-hmm. so that's what tells me that the learning happened experientially through gravity and the floor. Mm-hmm. And and their goal, I think pretty much all babies' goals are is to get up off the floor and be like everyone else. Mm-hmm. That's ultimately what they want to do. And so they're learning how to push away from the floor and they use these really important support points. We call them in the program and Mm -hmm. this is what we're mimicking. We're teaching people what are the support points that babies push away from and we learn to push away and the right muscles in the core contract automatically. So you don't need to know the names. You don't Mm -hmm. have to single out any one muscle like the transverse abdominis is the hero muscle. It's just all the muscles working together and there's a natural contraction that takes place just by having the intention of pushing away in order to get up off the floor.
0: I like that you don't have to know the muscles because although I love words like paraformis and... You know, all these but I can't keep them straight to be honest. I mean, I know what my glutes are, I know what my traps are, but if I had to memorize them to have the thing work, that would count me out right away.
1: They all have their function, but ultimately they are designed to work synergistically with other muscles. And so to try and single out any one muscle, I just don't really see that as a functional or practical thing that you could apply in your everyday life. And so that's mm-hmm. the goal is to be able to, whatever you're learning, if it's not something that you can sustain throughout the day, I mean, you mentioned other programs and I think the gap in a lot of solutions out there is that people are learning things that yes, you can do, but can you do it all day long? Are these exercises that you're learning in in other programs, are they, teaching you a way to connect that's sustainable for not just 1 minute or 3 minutes but for hours long that's the hard thing because it has to be really low intensity and and actually on that note that i think that's why this program does so well with people in the aging population because it's extremely low intensity and it's very low impact and so it feels good and the people that have the hardest time in core balance training are high level athletes because they're so used to doing things at a high intensity and being really good at them and working hard and that's the kind of thing where it kind of skips over these deep small muscles that we're trying to connect with and it and it skips to the power muscles that are already too overused and, and compensated for in, in a lot of things that we do.
0: So even though this isn't intense, it's not cardio, it's not would you say that it's going it can help people feel or look leaner?
1: Uh yeah, and that's because not because you're gonna build all kinds of muscle mass. It's actually just because when we're strengthening the core connection, what you're doing is strengthening the connection between your pubic bone and your rib cage. And so when people have this protruding belly, it's oftentimes not from excessive fat, but I'm not saying in all cases, but oftentimes it's from the anterior tilt of the pelvis. And just the protrusion forward of all the organs and the belly just sticking out because of posture. <laughs> and so, yeah, when you kind of lock that in, it, it has, you know, it has definitely an improved appearance to or on the body.
0: Okay, so I just want to reiterate in case we didn't talk about it at the very beginning, who this program can be for. Even if you have stenosis. Degenerative disc disease, herniated or bulging discs, spondylolisthesis. Oh, my goodness. I always thought it was spondylitis. And okay.
1: Anterior oh, that pelvic. Is, that pelvic. is a term. Spondylitis is another term.
0: Yeah. Oh, okay. Sciatica, yeah. SI joint pain. Yes. Scoliosis. Yes. General lower back pain, hip and knee pain. So I think that pretty much wraps the entire population of my audience <laughs> in in one way or another. Just to say, don't count yourself out if you feel like, well, I had an MRI, they said I have a bulging disc, I'm going to need surgery. Maybe not, right? Try something for 12 weeks that would get you out of the possibility of surgery. I would raise my hand for that.
1: Yeah, and definitely, even if you... It's 100% in my mind, just knowing what I know, it's worth it to try this for surgery. But the more important thing to know is, if you decide to get surgery, that you still need to do something that addresses the actual root cause of the problem. Because surgery does zero to address that problem. And typically, it's microdiscectomy. It's going to be just removing a part of the disc that is causing pain. But what caused the part of the disc to herniate or to bulge in that way? That's the problem that you have to address. And yes, just to affirm the program is specifically targeted towards chronic lower back pain and that includes various conditions they're all the result of a similar monster of imbalances muscle imbalances if you're talking about stenosis or bulging disc or you name it the diagnosis doesn't actually change the strategy that we take of increasing the connection to the muscles that support your spine, right? That's what you want to do, no matter what the diagnosis is. And then there is the side effect of the program where... People tend to report that their knees feel better and their hips feel better Mm. and their neck feels better. And that's actually not what the program was designed for. But it turns out that when you are addressing your body as a whole and improving your posture as a whole, that lots of these chronic problems actually start to improve as well.
0: That makes perfect sense since we are all one connection, right? Everything's connected. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, people, corebalancetraining.com. Take a look at the program. If you go to the top of the website, you'll see tabs. And one of them is for the program. There's a whole tab of testimonials. As I said, there's just tons and tons. And you can take a an assessment. There's a masterclass.
1: You mentioned the testimonials. They are impressive on the website. But if I were to go on... Any website and read testimonials, I'd say, well, they're cherry picking. So we decided to start a trust pilot account so we could have a neutral source. And anybody that wants to see more recent testimonials, go ahead and check out the trust pilot. There's you know, our students tend to write long paragraphs of <laughs> their experience, and you can get a lot of insight into the program. So, yeah, thank you for you know helping get the word out there that there is a solution to back pain and. I appreciate that a lot, Greg.
0: You're most welcome, Ryan. And people, I'll be back next week. Be well till next time. Thanks again. All right, take care everybody i have a favor to ask if you enjoyed this episode or any of the other episodes that you listen to please leave a review on your favorite site for listening to podcasts you can also leave a comment on my website where you'll find the podcast at the podcast tab or under any of the guest podcast episode pages thanks it means a lot to me and i appreciate you be well till next time